Our God is a good God. Amen? Oh, today I, I'm, I'm very excited because I really believe that God has His place upon our hearts to, uh, to go through this series of, of being strong in the Lord. And last week I talked about being a good soldier. Yeah? Today we are going to talk about a competing athlete. Yeah, the third, the third uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the third part is, is the hardworking farmer. All right? So th- that we will do in two weeks' time because next week we have Pastor Daniel Ho with us. Amen? So it's going to be a good time. It's going to be awesome. All right, so, but before we, we carry on, let's, let's pray. Let's pray together. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, guys. Let's, let's lift our voices. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be able to be strengthened in your word. Lord, we pray that we will not take it for granted. Lord, the word that we hear from you, Lord, as your word, Father, is being preached, Lord, we pray that it will not return to you white, but it will establish in our hearts. Lord, we pray that our hearts will be a good fertile ground, good soil, O Father, for the seed of the word of God to grow and to germinate. Lord, to be able, O Father, to bring that revelation, O God, Lord, into our walk with you, O God. So, Lord, we pray, be with us, remove every distraction, remove everything that weighs us down in Jesus' name, so that we'll be able to run this race, Lord, in confidence, O Father, and in strength, Lord, knowing, O Father, that we are here, Lord, able, Lord, to to fulfill your purpose and your will for our lives. So, Lord, we thank you, we look to you, be with us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Last week, we looked into 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 7. For those of you who are not here, let us read, alright, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to verse 7. It says this, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit this to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. Verse 7, Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Amen? So Paul here gives us that even this few short verses, that if we are able, you know, to, you know, God will give us understanding of all things when we understand uh, this, 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 this three things that are very important for us as Christians. A good soldier who doesn't get himself entangled in the affairs of this life, For those of you who missed it, please, you know, try your best to get hold of the recording and and listen to it because this is a three-part series, right? So today, we're going to talk about the competing athlete. Everybody say competing athlete. So all these three, the good soldier, the competing athlete, and the hardworking farmer, it is not mutually exclusive from each other. In fact, it must be, you know, encapsulated in the sense of like it must be, you know, we must be all three. Amen? So it is crucial because if we have this good understanding of what this tree means, it will really help us to walk this journey of faith, our Christian life, in the right manner. Amen? We know that a good soldier does not get entangled in the affairs of this life. 
He understands the magnitude of being enlisted and his singular goal, everybody says singular goal, is to, approve, is to be approved by his commanding officer. And as believers in Christ, our commanding officer is Jesus Christ. So our singular goal in this life is to be approved by God, to please Him and to fulfill His will. So the second characteristic, the competing the second characteristic, the competing athlete. After a good soldier, Paul, he pointed out, you know, a competing athlete. Alright? He says this in verse 5, And also if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Paul, you must understand the times that he was living in. Amen? So in those times, Games, alright, it's, it's not like it's not like how we, we view it today. In those times, you 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 can't survive as as a professional athlete. Yeah? But what they do at that time when they compete in games, it is really for honor and for pride. Okay, it's, it's not like right now, if you score a goal, you get how much money? You, you play for a championship team like Liverpool. You know, you, you get you know, more pay than playing for Manchester United. No, it's joking, alright? Okay. Definitely more than Newcastle United, alright? Okay. So, Paul was making a reference to the Ithmian Games, which were well known by the Corinthians. So, in these games, which continued for centuries under the Roman rule, and it was still being held during Paul's time. So, year, uh, you know, time after time, you know, these games were still going on. And, and the people, they competed, you know, just for, for the honor of being part of the games. But you see, Paul here, he mentioned this. He is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. Paul was also making, you know, a reference to the natural. Of course, we know that God has requirements for us, right? Yeah? But Paul, he also, you know, he uses this analogy of, of the Ithmian games. And the, the thing is this, that the rules, the three most important rules for, for these games is this, it was that every participant had to meet three qualifications. Number one, he had to be a true-born Greek. Number two, he had to prepare at least 10 months for the games. And he had to swear before the statue of Zeus that he had, you know, that he had prepared himself for 10 months. And the third thing is this, he had to be free from any scandal. To fail in any of these requirements meant automatic disqualification. If you fail in any one of these, you will not even be allowed to compete in the games. Friends, basically, they took the games seriously. It was not for money. It was not for anything else. But they, they understood the importance of being able to bring honor when they participate in that games. So Paul made this reference to a competing athlete. So there are a few things that we're going to learn about, you know, a competing athlete. 
as we parallel it to our spiritual life. All right? Number one, a competing athlete competes to win. Everybody say win. Winning is not merely wishful thinking. Do you know that you won't win by just wishing that you win? There must be the intention or rather the intentional training and the mastery to be competent. That's why these people, they took 10 months full time just to train for the games. Serious athletes are always training and very disciplined in order to keep their physical at an optimum. Friends, are we training enough as a believer in Christ? How many of you, you play sports apart from e-sports? Physical sports? Not many people. <laughs> or you're busy typing, all right? But you realize there's one thing about sports is that you need fitness. You can't wish to be fit. Am I right? You can't wish that you have stamina. You have to train for stamina. So in other words, when it comes to our spiritual life, is there spiritual fitness, is there spiritual stamina? That's why it makes sense when Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the price. Friends, Paul says that I beat my body into submission. It's important for us to understand what Paul is saying here. I, when I read this verse last time, I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's just a, you know, a passing remark. Until one day, just about a week ago, or a week plus ago, you know, you guys know that I, I've started, you know, to, to, to join Pastor Brenda, with, you know, uh, to do Muay Thai, right? And my coach introduced something to me about one and a half weeks ago. He said, now it's time for body conditioning. So I'm like, what is body conditioning? I know hair conditioner. Supposed to make your hair smooth, right? But body conditioning. So I was, in my mind, I was thinking maybe, you know, I just need to punch a few more or, or kick a few more times or stuff like that or, or do some physical exercise. He said, no. What you need to do, stand, stand firm. Hold up your hands. And what you need to do is that you need to strengthen your abs. And he started to wear a glove and start punching my stomach. Oh, I tell you, it was painful. Every time there's a blow to it, I go, So I'm just thinking, I'm not going for co competition. Why is he doing this to me? But I realize that, you see, friends, being a Christian, you can't just choose what you want and what you don't want. That's why our understanding of Christianity is very important. We can't just want one part and not the other part. So Paul says here, and what he, he really says is this, that at the end of it all, he, he does not want to be disqualified. 
Come on, you're talking about Paul the Apostle, who's fearful of being disqualified. How many of us are better than Paul? Or at least come near to Paul? But yet Paul, he was careful not to be disqualified. Friends, we are not competing with each other. But we are competing against our own flesh. The flesh will always want to take over. Therefore, like Paul says, said, we have to beat our body, our flesh, into subjection to the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 to 17 says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. There it, these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So it is not easy. Because Jesus has never promised that being a Christian is easy. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, move your finger and say, not easy. But, there's a, but the problem is this, that we think there's a brand of Christianity that makes things easy for us. So the moment we come to know Christ, we think that God owes us something. That our lives, you know, we talk about being blessed. And immediately we think of material things. When we think about, you know, being favoured by God, we always think that there must be material things that, that, that attach to it. But I can tell you this, if you look through the Bible, most of the people, most of the men and women of God, when they are favoured, when they are blessed, they are persecuted. And most of them gave their lives for what they believe in. That's what Christianity is all about. Until to the point in the book of Acts, that the people, when they saw the lives of the disciples, the lives of the apostles, they were afraid to join them because they knew there was something that was, you know, that was required of their lives. But today, we think that the gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of comfort. Friends, if we are looking for comfort, don't be a Christian. It's getting quiet here. But that's the reality. Look at the book of Acts. When these people believe what happened to them. They were persecuted. Friends, if we think that today the messages need to always soothe the heart, again, come back to the book of Acts. When Peter preached the first message, you know what happened? The message cut to their hearts and the people believed. But the problem is our mentality. We need to soothe the heart for people to believe.
Friends, we can't run or play games if we don't understand the rules. We won't be able to enjoy this walk with the Lord if we don't know what is required of us. Because if we don't know, our, our suffering will have no meaning. If we don't know, even our blessings have no meaning. And we think that blessings is, 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 the, is the ultimate thing in our life. It's not. One of the biggest problems that we have with our human nature is this. The book of Judges said it and it's still true to this very day that the people did what was right in their own eyes. We can't make our own rules. Whatever that God has set in a parameter of His Word, that we have to keep to it. Friends, we can't run this race setting our own rules. Just imagine with me. Have you watched a football match before? Yep. Can you imagine if every player on the pitch, on the football pitch, have a whistle? You know how havoc that will be? But you know what? The danger is this. We apply that in our Christian life. We don't like beep. Whereas there's only one referee. There's only one whistle. Jesus and His Word. Jesus also said in Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, that in the last days, lawlessness will increase. Mind you, Jesus was referring to the believers because He said the love of many will grow cold. These are not non-believers. These are believers. So if we don't realize the times that we are living in, we will get ourselves into trouble. This is where, I think I said this last week, but I want to say this again. Our understanding of our repentance is very important. Repentance starts with a step, but it must lead and must continue in the daily conduct of our lives. It's not, oh, I get saved. Oh, that's it. So Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them everything that I've commanded you. So that life of repentance, yep, that, 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 that step will lead us to that life of obeying the commandments of God. There are requirements that Paul was talking about so that we don't end up being disqualified. He competes to win. Am I right? I mean, you don't compete to make up the numbers. Paul says that a competing, second point, you know, the competing athlete must compete according to the rules. There are no shortcuts, there are no alternatives. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? There's no other alternative. There are rules that govern the awarding of the prize. You can't run or play the games anywhere you any anything or you know anyhow that you think that is should supposed to be. So that you know at the end you just as long as you cross the finish line you get a prize. No, you'll be disqualified. If you run in a marathon, you cannot be halfway through take a bus and then 
you know, go, you know, to the stop nearest to the finishing line, you get out of the bus and then you cross. And then you, you be a winner. It doesn't happen that way, friends. So it is the same with our Christian life. You can't just sometimes run, sometimes don't want to run. Come on. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. <clears throat> Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Listen to this. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way. There is a way to run. As believers in Christ, we must live according to divine standards. Friends, these standards does not make us more holy. Because Jesus, whatever Jesus had done, is already enough. But what this standards will do, listen to me well, is that it will keep us on track so that we'll be able to finish well in this race of faith and to be able to hear the words of Jesus, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of of the Lord. This is what every one of us want at the end of the day. How many of us want to be that servant with that one talent? Away from me, you wicked and lazy servant. You know what happened? The parable of the talents shows us very clearly if you don't use your talents, if you don't live your life to please the Lord, to do according to what He has purpose and, and given to you. Just like the, that, that servant with that one talent who hid in the ground, did nothing. At the end, he was cast out into the outer darkness. Friends, a competing athlete competes to win. How many of you want to win this race that God has given to us? I don't know about you. I want to win. But I'm not competing against you. Yeah? Every, God has a prize for everyone if we finish well. A competing athlete must compete according to the rules. We don't make our own rules. We don't tear out the Old Testament and say we only believe in the New Testament. We tear out certain pages in the Bible because we, we, you know, we only want that. What a man sows is what a man will reap. You can't just tear off the first part. And you just want to reap without sowing. It can't happen that way, friends. Thirdly, a competing athlete understands the lifespan of his prime. A competing athlete understands the lifespan of his prime. He knows that he has a limited time to be at his prime. In other words, he wastes no time. Remember the words of Jesus in John chapter 9, verse 4? Work while it's still day. The night is coming when no one can work. The question is this, have we taken our faith too lightly? Don't delay in our decisions and actions. We need to have our conduct to be in line with God. 
friends. We all say, more of you, less of me. God, I want to walk with you. I want to, you know, be with you. Friends, it's not just merely compliance. Because compliance without the understanding of what unity is really about is just following a set of rules. When we come to a place where our hearts, our mind and spirit are joined with God, we will live in the abundant life that Christ has talked about. And the abundant life doesn't necessarily mean wealth and health. It's to be able to have that spring of living water that flows our spirit shall flow rivers of living water in all seasons of our lives. Amen? As believers in Christ, our race is a continual and ongoing, never-ending race until we meet Jesus Christ. Our prime is only here on this earth. You get what I mean? There is no, you know, like after this, we, we still we'll be able to, you know, it's not nirvana. You get what I mean? You don't move into the next life to get better and the next life, you know, it doesn't work that way, friends. We only have one life. Amen? So, he, he understands the lifespan of his time. How about us? Do we realize that I mean, even, even Moses wrote this, that, you know, uh, concerning the times in our lives. That number, you know, teaches to number our days. What if Jesus were to say this, right? What if Jesus were to say this to you, 10 more years? Then I'll be back. Or you have 5 more years. Do you think that we will change our lives drastically? Will we? I would. But do you know what is for sure? Jesus is coming back. And one thing is, surely we don't know when we will die. So we better make the best of our time. Because every day that we can still wake up is the prime of our lives. There's something we can do, you know, for our spiritual life, for, for the kingdom of God. Amen? Come on. You guys okay? Yeah. yeah? And the next point, a competing athlete understands the hardship of training and discipline. Training and discipline qualifies us to compete. It's not just joining the race. It's about competing. There is a difference, a big difference between participants and competitors. You don't, make, you don't end up making the numbers. Am I right? You watch Olympics, right? One of my favorite races is the 100 meter dash. But you will know that who are the favorites and who are those that just make up the numbers. Even when you watch football, even before the season starts, you already have roughly know who are the favourites that will win the championship. And then there are the other teams to make sure that these teams will get their points. 
But Jesus has never saved us to just make up the numbers. He meant for us to run to win in this race of faith. Training and discipline are the things that will bring the best out of us. And in this life, just like the parable of the talents, we must use what God has given to us. We are trained in this life for that which is eternal. You can't be trained in eternity. It's only now. So we must allow God to train and discipline us. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 says, Because the Lord disciplines those He loves. As a father, the son, He delights in. Oh, we love this, that oh, God is our father. Am I right? But remember this, it also involves discipline. So we can't just take one aspect of God and not the other aspect of Him. Psalms 86 verse 11, it says this, Train me, God, to walk straight. Then I will follow your true path. Have you ever thought about this before? When the psalmist wrote this, train me, God, to walk straight. That means he has not been walking straight. Put me together, one heart and mind, then undivided, I'll worship in joyful fear. God disciplines us because He loves us and He disciplines us for our good. So don't get upset with God when we don't get what we want. It's part of our training, friends. You know, every time we expect God to give us what we want, it's almost like every player has a whistle. It doesn't work that way. Alright? Cool? <laughs> I'm going to come to, to one very important point. This next point, a competing athlete must finish to win. Everybody say finish. Falling through to the end and not quit halfway are crucial. No one wins a quarter of a medal. No one wins half a medal. No one even wins three quarters of a medal. Quitting is not an option. God has not saved us, given us everything you know, that's, that's, you know, that He has given to us so that we quit halfway through. We have to finish the race. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Friends, it is not waltzing through life. Die and then cross the finish line. You know, we always hear this verse in, 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 in funerals. Am I right? But when Paul wrote this, he hadn't died yet. He was very well alive. Yes, he's coming to the tail end of his life. But he said this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. He did not write this after he died. That means this man, he understood the importance of of a life that's lived out to fulfill the purpose of God. Okay, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm just going to make it as drastic as possible for you. Finishing or crossing the finish line is not about dying. You don't drop dead to finish 
it is about having fulfilled God's purpose and will. Fighting the good fight, finishing the race, keeping the faith. This is where it's important for us to understand. They are not separated. You have to fight the good fight. You have to finish the race. You have to keep the faith. That's what Paul is saying. You don't just live your Christian life and then you die. And then, oh, I finished the race. Hello? How many people, when they cross the finish line, they run and they lift up their hands? And they cross. How many people would drop to finish the line? You know, to cross the finish line. Come on. So sometimes we think, oh, just, just, just live our lives as a Christian. But again, it comes back to our definition what being a Christian is really about. You don't just die and then you finish your race. You have to fight the good fight. You have to finish the race. You have to keep the faith. I'm amazed when Paul wrote this to Timothy. He was well aware that God, what you have asked me to do, I've done it. I've stayed the course. I've fought the good fight. Yes, Paul fought many fights in his life. Even died once. Came back to life. Shipwrecked many times, beaten uncountable times, in prison most of his life. So I fought the good fight. Coming to the tail end of his life, I finished the course. And he looked around the prison walls. I kept the faith. And he knew that his life is going to be executed. And yet he can say, I've kept the faith. We must follow through until we finish. Finishing is about commitment. It's about maturity. It's about responsibility. No one can count on us if we are not finishers. God is a finisher. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says this, that he who has began a good work in you will be faithful to bring it to completion. So God is committed to finish what he has started in us. Don't give up, friends. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 26. Are we okay? Let's go a bit more, right? It says this, Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. If we want to finish well, we must run with a focus, with God's purpose to fulfill His will. You can't run aimlessly, friends. You don't, if you don't know what the will of God, the purpose of God for your life, how are you going to run? So we end up just walking through our Christian life. Oh yeah, oh, I think it's that. No, you have to stay in your lane. When you run a race, you have to stay in your lane as you run. You must know where the finish line is. You know what's the problem with many of us? We don't 
pray enough for God's will for our lives. And we allow the world to tell us what God's will is. When we see someone doing well in their lives, we say, well, God's will is for me to be blessed. And we see, you know, other things that we think is like that. But it's not, friends. It has a lot to do with our life in Christ. Amen? Starting well is a bonus, but that does not necessarily guarantee ending well. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 says, You were running a good race. Who cut, you, who cut in on you that, to keep you from obeying the truth? Wow. Stay the course and follow through. Success in this race is not merely determined by how we begin, but how we finish. The entrance to the race gets it started, but endurance will keep us going. The good news is this, we are not alone in this race. People are cheering us on. We have those who have ran before us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to verse 2 says that therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So it says this, we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. If you look through the list, or if you can think through who are this, the cloud of witnesses, do you think that they had it easy? They didn't have it easy, friends. But they have finished the race. They have fought the good fight. They have finished the race. They have kept the faith. And they are cheering us on. Amen? I like what the Message Bible says this. It says this, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. It means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat. No parasitic sins. Wow. Keeping, or keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we are in. So we have, we thank God that they have been those that have ran before us. Amen. We thank God for them. Yep, they are cheering us on. But we also have each other. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Friends, Jesus is returning. He's coming back. Whether you like it or not, Jesus is coming back. But what are we doing about it? Are we just going to walks through our lives and hoping that, oh, you know, I'm going to be a ruler over many things with Christ. Think again. You know why I, I really want all of us to go through this series 
is because in these last days we can't afford to lose sight of who God is we can't afford to lose sight of our focus on the call and the will of God for our lives friends I pray there will be a greater urgency firstly is to know that Jesus is coming back He's returning again. Secondly, we are held accountable to what God has given to us. We have to give an account of the things that He has placed upon our lives. You know, just this past, you know, a few days I was listening to one message and, and, and this, this speaker made a very profound statement which I felt that, wow, you know, it's so true. He said this, God has given so much in your life to enable you to fulfill His purpose, His call for your life. You came to know Jesus because of His grace upon your life and you know because of His grace He has given you the ability to glorify Him. Therefore, don't go to hell for people. What this speaker was saying this, sometimes... We allow all these other things, especially people around us, and then we say, ah, oh, we don't care anymore. I don't believe in Jesus anymore. Or because He has hurt me. He has made this, you know, life difficult for me. Well, I don't believe in Jesus anymore because every time, you know, I come to church, especially these past two weeks, it seems like pastor is scolding me. He should just preach message that God loves me and He wants to give me everything. When I sold 10 ringgit, I'll get 100 ringgit. Every girl I laid my eyes upon is a potential life partner. You wish, ah. I tell you this, there are higher requirements. Our understanding of who, what our Christian life is all about, this is the whole entire thing. That, you know, my, my desire is, is, is this, that we cannot be entangled by the affairs of this life. It's so easy that we end up giving up our call, our will of God and thinking that, you know, just as, as long as I'm still serving, I'm fine. It's not about serving. It's not just about doing ministry. It's about your life's call. God's call upon your life because He's not going to ask you, you know, because you arranged it, you know, because you, then you tell Him, that, oh, yeah, God, you know, I've been arranging chairs. No! I've, been done, I've done this, I've done that. No! He's going to ask us for that which He has given to us. Have you been faithful in that? I'm speaking to you as much as I'm speaking to myself. I said this last week, this past couple of months has been a lot of realigning, refocusing. I thank God that I had the opportunity to sit down to weigh through again. Firstly, God, why have I believed in you, the call that you have placed upon my life. Do you know that it's very easy that we just keep on going on with our Christian life? Do you know that being a Christian is not a label? It's a life that's called by God. That's why in the book of Acts, I said this you know, earlier in the message. 
that the people when they saw, they were afraid to join them because they knew what was required. Guys, I pray that we will really wake up and to understand that there's so much more that God can show us for our lives pertaining to His purpose and His will. Amen? If you think, if any one of us think that God's purpose is so that I can have a bigger house, I have more money, I have nicer cars to drive, you know, I can go for better holidays. I think we are missing the entire point of what being a Christian is all about. I believe that there's a call in these last days because God is making purer His church. Don't just make up the numbers, friends. God doesn't need the numbers to make Him great. You know, I sat down, I prayed. Say, God, so much in these years that I've been a Christian these 20 over years being a believer in Christ following after you now I understand a little bit more just a little bit more what Paul says all that I've achieved I consider it rubbish compared to Jesus Friends, there is a purifying process that God is bringing us through in this time. If we are oblivious to what has been happening, I think we have to be very careful. Amen? Friends, God is not just into making our lives better for our comfort. If you think Jesus is, is an example of comfort, then He wouldn't need to die on the cross. He would not say that those who want to follow after me must first deny Himself, take out the, His cross and follow me. Jesus did not leave a trail of material blessing for us so that we think right our Christian life is this as we walk right we pick up wow no it's about his purpose it's about his will I pray that every one of us young and old that there will be a greater emphasis in our lives for the call and the will of God I pray that today if you were to leave this place and you don't remember anything I say just remember this one thing start to be serious with the call and the will that God has for your life. That is all I really desire that every one of us, including myself, to be doing every day. God praying, God, I want to fulfill your will. I want to fulfill your purpose. And I know, just like what Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. 
I've kept the faith. You don't know where you are running. You, you, are, you can't run aimlessly. You can't fight like one boxing in the air and thinking that you're going to win. You can't. You must know what it is. And God is not going to make it so mysterious that you won't know. But we don't know because we don't seek. Come on, guys. It's time to wake up. We need to be a strong church. We need to be strong believers. Every one of us. Amen? Remember this. It's like what the preacher said. Don't go to hell for people. Don't lose out in this race just because of people. Get what I mean? Amen? So are we, are we okay? You know that I love you, right? Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, pastor loves you. That's why I'm telling you this. this. is not an easy... I can tell you this. These three messages in this series is not going to be easy to, to take in. It's going to challenge our mind. It's going to challenge our hearts. It's going to challenge our spirit. I'm going to say things that, that you, you will not feel very comfortable. Because when I prepared this, I felt very uncomfortable. Because there are areas in my life that needs to be dealt with. Priorities need to be set again, realigned. You know what I mean? Come, let's, let's close our eyes and bow our heads. Hallelujah. Why don't I just take this, you know, moment. Thank you, Jesus. I believe that God is speaking to us. But let not our hearts and our ears be hardened. I pray that God is going to reveal more to you individually, personally. Friends, there is in this time of our lives the greater seriousness that we need to have with God. To understand the will, the purpose, and the call of God upon our lives. Because at the end of it all, we're going to be accountable for that, for this that God has placed upon us. Friends, if God were to ask you today, do you know what is my call for you? Do you know what is my will for you? How would you answer Him? So I pray that we will not take the time that we have for granted. You know, friends, don't take what is sacred and make it common. What God has given to us is sacred, is holy. Don't make it common. Don't take it for granted. I pray that we will get our hearts, our spirit, our minds aligned with God. Friends, when we compete according to the rules, it's not just merely about compliance, but to really be able to be united to be joined with Christ 
It's not about a set of rules and regulations. If you get that, it's, it's, you only that, then you're getting it wrong. It's about being able to, to unite with Him. Even in this life. Friends, I pray that we will run well. Because we won't finish well if we don't run well. So it is, a, it is an ongoing, continual, continual run, race that we are in. And we must run it with endurance. Maybe some of us here today, really, maybe you feel like giving up. I tell you, it's not worth it to give up. Maybe some of us be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, maybe, I don't know what it is, but you know, I just don't care. I tell you what, don't have that kind of attitude. Because so much is at stake. If God were to really tell you, you have only five more years, what would you do? Really? But it shouldn't come to a place like that. So come on, let, let that be a greater urgency. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's stand to our feet. You know, with, with every eyes closed here in this place, all across this place, I don't want anyone to be moving around. Friends, today, if you are like me, who is saying, God, help me, Help me to align my life, to set my focus right. To run this race that you have given to me. To run it according to what you have called me to do. Lord, today I'm making a conscious decision. That Lord, I want to run well. I want to be a competing athlete. I don't want to just be any other runner, but I want to run this well. I'm going to run. I'm going to fight the good fight. I'm making a decision to finish the race. Lord, I want to keep the faith. So if you are just like me, wherever you are standing, why not just lift your hands up to the Lord? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we pray even right now for each and every one of us as we lift up our hands before you, O oh God. Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will lead us, you guide us, you teach us in the ways of the Lord. In every day of our lives, oh God, Lord, we desire, oh God, to live our lives to please you. Lord, we want to fight the good fight. We want to finish the race. We want to keep the faith. Lord, we know that this is not going to be an easy path that's ahead of us. But we thank you that you are committed to help us to finish this race. So Lord, we want to run well. Lord, we pray, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Lord, things that, that so easily entangles us, things, so oh Father, that, that weighs us down. Lord, we want to lay it aside in the name of Jesus. Lord, we want to run this race and finish it well. For your glory, 
for your name. Lord, I pray. Lord, continue to speak to us of the call that you have for us individually. And also, Lord, for us, oh God, as a church. Lord, we, we desire, Lord, to be purer. We desire, oh God, Lord, to, Lord, to be used by you even in these last days. So, Lord, we commit our lives before you. Lord, watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Friends, Christianity is not about hype. It's not about excitement. But it comes back down to the very basic of things. What we believe, who we believe, and how we walk in this belief that God has given to us. Friends, I pray that we will not, it's my prayer, that we will not, you know, get excited just because there's a new song we sing, you know, some new arrangement that we do, you know, that, that church should not be deemed as like, you know, whether it's going to be exciting or not. <laughs> I think we, we need to go past all these things. You get know what I mean? Oh, whether the, the preaching of God's word is going to be like, wow, you know, something that, oh, I, I, you know, that, 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 that I like to hear. I, I, I think we need to take in everything, everything about the word of God, not just in bits and pieces, but the whole counsel of God's word in our lives. Then we will grow strong. We will become pure. Amen? And we will not be a people who look for comfort God, you know, I, I've done so much, you have to bless me in this manner. God's blessing does not necessarily mean stuffs. God's blessing is to be able, I believe, for me, and so for every one of us. I think you know what's the greatest blessing? It's to be able to hear the words of Jesus. You are running well. Keep it up. And when we see him, he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. That's what we desire. I, I desire the most. You know, I'm not even concerned about you know how many cities I will rule. Yeah. It's not about that. But to be able to just hear the words of Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. So be committed to the call that God has given to you. Yeah. Maybe, really, some of you after this week, you say, I, I, I'm done with this church. Uh, this, these messages are just too much for me. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's blasphemous. You know, uh, God is just about His grace, His goodness, only my life, only. It cannot be like this one. So I, I, I say, by all means, go. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying this out of pride, but I really believe that in these last days, there needs to be a clearer picture of, the, of God's purpose for our lives. It's not just for our own benefit and good. Yeah? How many houses we're going to own? How many cars we're going to buy? How much money we have in our bank account? But it's really about the will and the purpose of God for our lives. We can't buy our way to heaven. That's for sure. Amen. Yeah? So I, I pray that we will really understand this. Amen? Alright? So God is a good God. He loves us. I really believe that we, we're gonna, we are gonna 
run this well, race well together. We need each other. Amen. Let's put each other on. Come on. Yep. Come on. Let's, let's, let's encourage each other. Let's run well. Let's run well. If someone is, is like not running well, come on, just pick up that person. Come on, run. You can still do it. Let's run. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So God is going to do a, a great work. I believe that this is all the beginning of, of, of something is, is going to do, not just here in our church, but in the entire world, the Christian world. Because in these last days, He's not raising just anyone. He's raising an army for His glory. Because He will return. Amen. He will come back. Yeah. Come on. Let's, let's, let's really desire. Amen. For more of God in our lives. This is, it's not too young. It's not too old for us to start setting our minds on these things. Amen. So God bless you. Have a great week. Yeah, and we will see you again. We're going to finish the third part of this series. You know, two weeks' time. Yeah, maybe some of you, I, uh, you know, two weeks' time, Pastor is going to scold us again. I'm not scolding you. Yeah, I love you. I'm preaching to you as much as I'm preaching to myself. Yeah? God bless you. Tell your neighbor, turn your neighbor, keep that one meter distance and tell that person you need to run well. Amen. Alright, God bless you. We'll see you guys again. Amen. God bless. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.